are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, praise the Lord. Would you just like to stand and stretch your legs before... And we will, uh, I'll um, read the word while you're standing, okay? Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Then I'm going to read two verses of Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. Beginning to read at verse 19 of Luke chapter 16. Jesus said, there was a certain rich man who had splendid clothes, clothed in purple, and fine linen, and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there, longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and his soul went to the place of the dead. The King James Version says, hell. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that in your lifetime you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, There's a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so that they don't come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if somebody rises from the dead. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Jesus is speaking. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide. For many who choose that way. But the gate to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult. 
and only a few ever find it. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is truth. Holy Spirit, just speak to our hearts today. Anoint your word to every hearer. And Lord, I just want to lift up our military before you today, Lord. I ask, O oh God, that you be with every man and woman, Lord, that has been sent out. Lord, as they're on deployment, I pray that you will just guard them and protect them. I pray, Lord, that those that have heard the word, maybe even in this assembly, Lord, that it will be food for them and encouragement for them right now. I pray for every husband and every wife and every son and daughter, Lord, that are left, Lord, over here, Lord, to pray and, and to hope that they'll come back to them safely. And I pray for your courage, your strength, Lord, your Holy Spirit to guard them and guide them. And may they find peace in you. And we give you honor and glory and praise, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your great mercy. And we ask these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The question today is, where will you spend eternity? I am uh, trying to do the message. Pastor Lance was supposed to preach today, and as you know, he's in, in Ontario. And... Uh, he was, he's already prepared to preach the message uh, next week that he would have preached today. And so that left him, if he had to get ready for the other one, it would be, uh, it would be a little difficult. So I'm, I'm preaching the message that should have been preached next Sunday. And it may not be like Pastor Lance will do it, but the Holy Spirit will guide us, I'm sure. Where will you spend eternity? There's two places, heaven or hell. And the good news is you get to choose. Amen? You get to choose. There are two possible directions in life. There are only two roads in which one can walk in this life. Many people disagree with Jesus on this point. Now, I'm not saying this from my own self. Jesus said these very words. He said there are two ways. People may disagree, but Jesus is correct. Okay? Regardless of what the world thinks, as the writer in Romans, Paul said in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, let God be true and every man a liar. First of all, let's look at the Broadway. The Broadway is wide open. There's room for everything and anything in the Broadway. In other words, anything goes on the Broadway. You can do anything you like. 
You can live like you want to live. You can call all the shots and make all the rules. You can be king of the road on the Broadway. When you walk the Broadway, you can be your own person and not answer to anyone. You can live life to the fullest. Go where you will. Do what you will. Be what you will. It's your life, and you can live it. That's what the Broadway is all about. But there's a couple of things that you need to know before you decide to live out the rest of your life on the Broadway. First of all, you are not in control. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You're not in control on the Broadway. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. That don't sound like a good condition. Spiritually dead. He said you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. You remember that? We all do, don't we? He calls the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. The spirit at work in our hearts, in the, in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Secondly, sin has consequence. The Bible agrees that the pleasures of sin last for a season. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the, the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. The King James says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, whatever a woman sows, they will reap. But God has a better plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, right back in the Old Testament we read, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. God is concerned about your life. He's concerned about your life right now. He's concerned about your life in the future. He wants you to succeed. God has a plan whereby those who follow him enjoy the fullest of daily blessings. Peace. In the midst of turmoil, no matter what's going on in your life, you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. 
And that is something that is so crucial in your life when things are just falling down around your ears. That you have a peace that you cannot explain. The peace of God. He wants to give you joy. That's what he has planned for you. And even when you're in sorrow, when you've lost a loved one or something terrible has happened, like you've lost your job or whatever, still the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? That's what God gives you. And then, of course, he wants to give you salvation. He wants you to know when you lie your head on the pillow at night that it is well with your soul. If you never wake after you close your eyes in this world, you're going to awake in a world that has no end. That's what God has planned for you. We did it here this morning. In communion, we remembered what he did, how he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross so that no one would perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. And Then there's the narrow way. The narrow way is exactly the opposite of the broad way. On the narrow way, you submit to the will of God. We follow our Lord's example. Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. I don't understand what's going on right now, but I trust you. I trust in your will. I trust in your promises because the promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. You no longer, on the narrow way, you no longer do as you please. But you do those things that are pleasing to God. And it's amazing how many things that I did before I was born again. That when I became a Christian, I didn't want to do it anymore. It didn't please me anymore. These things, in fact, it convicted me. It caused me to feel bad about what I was doing. And I wanted to do better. Do not make the rules anymore. You follow the golden rule. You follow the words of God. Some people have the mistaken idea that they can live as they please and that the Lord will bless them anyway. Not so. Read your Bible and find out for yourself if you live that kind of a life, if you think you can pray a sinner's prayer and then go on and do everything just like you did before, you are sadly mistaken. When you walk the narrow way, you can expect difficulties. God's amazing grace is amazing, but it's not a license to sin. Do you hear me? God's amazing grace is amazing, but it's not a license to sin. The 
Bible says, but if we sin, we do not continue in sin. We stop it. Just because I made a mistake today and I sinned and did something wrong doesn't mean that I continue doing that. Do you know what happens if you continue to sin? The more you continue to sin, the more you will justify it in your own mind, in your own conscience. And finally, your conscience is seared, and you can do it any day of the week, any hour of the day, and it doesn't bother you one little bit. Because you have convinced yourself, you have seared your conscience, and you have convinced yourself that there's nothing at all wrong with it. God has designed a very, two very important actions for our part while we're on that narrow road. When we mess up, when we trip up, when we sin. And these two things are confession and repentance. Confession is acknowledging to God that you have sinned. And repentance is turning away from that sin and determining within your heart that you're not going to do that anymore. And God even made a way whereby if you do do it again, you can come back and say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. And you can determine in your heart once more that I'm never going to do that again. And God will forgive you. And how many times you say, Should, can I do that? Well, Jesus said, 70 times 7. And we believe that that's just the number. Because the guy asked him, according to the Jewish law, seven times. Jesus just wanted to show that God's grace is amazing. But you don't presume upon the grace of God. Because if you do, you're going to find yourself on the Broadway. You want to stay on the narrow way. You want to stay as close to the middle of the road as you can. You don't want to see how close you can play with sin And get away with it. If we confess our sins, the Bible says, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must not treat grace like a credit card. So that we confess our sins, clearing all accounts with God with a clean slate. And now I can just draw on that credit again. And fill it right up with full intention of keeping right on sinning. It is true that grace brings freedom. And that includes freedom to make mistakes. But if you use your freedom to enslave yourself again to sin, you have missed the whole point of grace. The freedom that you and I have 
should not be used to get ourselves back into that bondage. That addiction to alcohol, to drugs, to pornography, sinful things that we used to do. Do you know what would happen in heaven if God allowed such stuff in there? Heaven would become hell. The Bible says very clearly, no sin, no sin can enter there. God made a way whereby no sin would enter there. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. It is true that grace brings freedom. The Bible says it is for freedom that Christ died. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Paul wrote this in Galatians chapter 5.1. You see, human nature hasn't changed over the years. The same problems we're facing the early Christians that are facing you and I today. Don't ever fall for the lie that says, I can go on sinning so that grace may abound. True, your sin will never, ever affect the love of Christ for you. God loves you, period. He loves you with an everlasting love. But if you keep on sinning, it will surely affect you. It will enslave you and ultimately spiritually kill you. This is not God's will for your life. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul says in Romans 6, 1, God forbid. You see, grace is no more a license to sin than water is a license to drown yourself. True, you can use water to drown yourself, but God forbid that you would. That's not what water is for. God created water so that you could live. You can't live very long without water. God wants you to live and enjoy life. He gave you grace. Grace, like water, is meant to bring real life, not death. And there is no life in sin. God warned Cain. He said, Cain, sin is, is crouching at your door. Or sin is a crouching beast that desires to master you. 
Someone has said, running after sin is about as smart as poking a pit bull with a stick. Paul said, you are slaves to the one who you obey. Christians who occasionally sin find themselves doing what they do not want to do. Do you hear me? Listen to me. Christians who occasionally sin find themselves doing what they do not want to do. Did you ever find yourself in that situation? I'm sure you did. And when they sin, they're troubled over it. They're broken because of it. And they want God's forgiveness. And they try with God's help not to fall into that trap again. They want to please God because they're traveling on the narrow way. Those who run after sin is going exactly, doing exactly what they want to do. They're troubled by their, they're untroubled by their sinful action. And they're using grace as a license to sin. That's walking the broad way. And the Bible says it leads to destruction. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It's a life lived in surrender, devotion, dedication, obedience to God. It's a life that God will bless. It's a road that leads to life. Which road are you walking on? Now, having said that, there are two possible destinations in eternity. Eternity is forever. The moment you die, you step from time into eternity. All roads lead somewhere. The same is true with the roads that we're talking about today. Since everyone here is on one or the other road, we need to know where that road is leading. Where are we going? There is a place called hell. Don't hear much about it today anymore, but there is a place called hell. In Revelations, it's called the lake of fire. Jesus tells us that the broad road leads to destruction. This word does not mean annihilation. It refers to loss. It speaks of total and absolute ruin. The broad road ends in hell. Every person who chooses the broad road and never turns from it will eventually find themselves in the fires of hell. Let me say that again just in case your mind was wandering. 
Every person who chooses, get the word, key word, chooses. Every person who chooses the broad way, the broad road, and never turns from it. If you choose that word road, if you're on that road now, if you choose to continue on that road, that road leads to hell. You've got to turn off it. No matter how you approach the subject, hell is an awful place. The Bible uses terms that we can all understand to describe hell. But we can only understand with our human knowledge. And the only reference we have is our human body. But believe me, it's worse than anything you can imagine in the human body. Let me just give you a few incidents here. Hell is a place where there is eternal torment in unquenchable flames. Eternal, unquenchable. Hell is a place of terrible memories and horrible thirst. Hell is a place of eternal separation. You ever hear people say, well, I'm going to go to hell because that's where all my friends are. I have lots of friends in hell. What a silly statement to make. Hell is a place prepared for the devil and his angels. The person who ends up in hell is going to be keeping company with the devil and his angels. And liars and thieves and drunkards and abusers and all of the filth of the earth, the scum of the earth will be there. But do you know something? Let me interject some good news here. The scum of the earth can be saved, can be changed, can become new men and women in Christ Jesus, can become great evangelists and apostles for the Lord Jesus Christ. But they've got to get off that broad road. All who reject Jesus Christ as their Savior will go there. God don't send you there. You choose to go there. It's the choice. The broad way or the narrow way. You can't blame God. He has done everything possible to keep you from going there. Now, there is a place called heaven. Just as the broad road has its destination, the narrow way does too. This road doesn't end in hell, but it ends in heaven. Jesus promised those who would follow his way eternal life. Heaven is a place of joy and rest and peace and unspeakable beauty. That's where I choose to go. I'm going to stay on the narrow road because I want to go to heaven. 
when I die. When this physical life ends, I want to go into the presence of God. Consider these truths about heaven. Revelation 21.4, no tears, no pain, no sorrow, no death. Revelation 21.8, no sin. Revelation 21.25, no night. You say that's going to be hard? Remember, you're going to have a glorified body. Specially equipped for light. Amen? No darkness there. No curse. Revelation 22.3. With God the Father and Jesus' his Son forever and ever. Revelations 21.3. 22.23. 22.4. A glorious city. Revelations 21, 11 to 24. Glory is beyond description and beyond the ability of man to comprehend and understand. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. However, as it is written, what, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's what you get for walking the narrow way. The narrow road may be more costly of the two down here. But the end of the road is worth the price, isn't it? However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind can conceive. The trials of the road will seem nothing when we get to the end of the way for the Christian. The past will be behind us. Listen to what John says about it. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. 
I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of water of life freely. And he that overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son, and he shall be my daughter. But the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderer, the whoremonger, the sorcerer, and the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Please do not forget that this life, the life you and I are now living, is a preparation place for eternity. One second after we die, we will be in eternity. And when we reach eternity, we will either be with the saved or with the lost forever. For the saved, this is what the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now, which road are you on? Would you like to switch roads today? Would you like to turn away from sin and turn to God? If you would, if God by His Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart today, get up out of your seat right now. Make your way up here. I want to pray with you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.